Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot. Hello, I'm Elizabeth Talbot. And I'm Maciel Davila Ferrer. And we welcome you again to our ongoing series on trusting God's way to the promised land. Here we have um, a sad chapter in Joshua's story because, you know, after Jericho, we want to see another one like that. Yeah. You know, the walls stumbling Success. down. Exactly. Yeah, the, the Israelites were excited. But here we are encountering some defeat, some sin, yeah. and some tough questions about how we understand God. Yeah, and, and defeat, we don't like to talk about about defeat and and I think they got a little bit overconfident. Have you ever gotten overconfident? <laughs> yes. <laughs> And got in trouble in the process. Have you? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So a, a few years ago, I, I had to do a, a officiate a funeral. And it was sad, but the lady had lived a very long life. And I had a, like, it, you know how sometimes you get confident? Like, mm-hmm. as yeah. a preacher, like, I nailed it. You, yeah. you see their family just, like, nodding, yeah. feeling yeah. assurance. And I felt good about myself. And I was stepping down from the pulpit. Like, really, I felt proud. Like, I, I nailed it. I'm stepping down from the platform. And I lost my footing. I was wearing three-inch heels. I got two, and I toppled down, loudest sound ever. You were humbled. (laughs) Immediately humbled. It was so embarrassing. Yeah, some things, you know, now we look back and, you know, uh, you're saying, yeah, I should have felt that way, right? (laughs) I remember uh, being a young kid, and my dad allowed me to go around the block with a car. How old were you? Um, I I don't know. I was quite young, and they were, I mean, I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. but And some other kids my age were were watching me, and I wanted to show, you know. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, so. I couldn't even get out of the parking lot. I, I, I banged the car into a tree. And, oh. and uh, I, I, oh, my. And it was all because of arrogance. It's of like, I want to show these kids. I yeah. <laughs> and I got in trouble. And I'm sure everybody listening remembers someday that self-confidence got them into an actual hard place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and this is happening now to Israel. You know, they just... So this amazing conquest that uh, God enabled them to have with Jericho's walls coming down. And it's hard to have a moment like that and not feel like you had something to do with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like maybe I, I contributed, like with our little hammers. Yeah, 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 I helped you. We were talking about, yeah. And (laughs) chapter 7, verse 1, it says that uh, it gives us a report. We're in Joshua 7, 1. It gives us a report that they don't know yet because they're going to tell the story, but mm-hmm. the, the writer is telling us the end of the story that they had uh, Israel had acted unfaithfully mm-hmm. in regards to the things under the ban because God had put a ban on Jericho's things. Nobody could get anything yeah. from Jericho yeah. because this was a gift from God. It was the first fruits of Canaan, you know, as far as the cities that they were conquering. Exactly. And this ban isn't going to last forever, but yeah, this yeah. is a specific request right now. From God. Yes. And, and we're told right from the beginning of chapter 7 of Joshua, Joshua, they they acted unfaithfully. Mm-hmm. But of course, Joshua didn't know that because yeah. this is something we are given uh, a report for the reader yeah. that there is a covering, that background. there's a secret, a mystery. Yes, background and, stuff is happening. And actually, the verb acted unfaithfully in the Hebrew is is the covering of the 
or the secrecy or the mystery. Something's going, you know, veiled. So a lot of people don't know what's going on. No, Only no. the person who's involved. Exactly. Here. And so Joshua said, okay, let's go to the next city. Now we're ready. On verse 2, it says, Joshua sent men from Jericho to I to spy it, right? Yep. And the men returned. Look at verse 3. You want to read it? Chapter 7, verse 3. When they returned to Joshua, they said, not all the people will have to go up against Ai. Send two or three thousand men to take it. Do not weary all the people, for only a few men are there. Well, see, we got this. Yeah, you no know? problem. <laughs> we know how to do this yeah. now. So don't even bring the whole army. We are going to go just two or three thousand people. They're overconfident, and there's no record that they ask God what to do. So confident. Wouldn't you, like, checking in because of how impossible the situation was in Jericho, yeah. how unlikely his solution was, yeah. wouldn't your first reaction yeah, instead yeah, of be yeah. overconfident? confident yeah. like hey god what do you think <laughs> yes and there's no mention of god's no. counsel at no. all and verse five is a terrible report of defeat go, yes. go ahead who killed about 36 of them they chased this is talking about the army uh-huh. they chased the israelites from the city gate as far as the stone quarries and struck them down to the slopes at this the heart of the people melted and they became like water and this is interesting because before the canaanites were yes. were the ones who, whose hearts were melting and, and you know, became as water. Yep. Not Israel. No, they were courageous, very courageous. Yeah. And now they are the ones with their heart as water saying, what is going on? Didn't God say he was going to be with us? And you know? not that we can qualify numbers, but when you compare to the defeat that the Canaanites had, mm-hmm. it is still a small defeat, but mm-hmm. it is so contrary to what they've sure. experienced. Yeah, well, that's what is happening because the truth is, this is their first battle on their own as far as the army going to battle. Right. Jericho, you know, the walls fell and they didn't even have, you know. But this is like, okay. And so Joshua is not understanding. And they he he's showing all this. He tore his clothes, that's verse 6, fell to the earth and started praying. And and by the way, I love this part that that even when he's desperate, he's still praying. Yes. Because, you know, sometimes... Prostrate before the ark. Yes. Yes. Because sometimes when we are too desperate, we, we don't even want to talk about it with yeah. God. And, and uh, you have to keep talking the way that David used to, Moses used to when things don't yes. turn out the way you were it, Initially, even if you had just taken a moment before you forged ahead with yeah, no yeah, plan, yeah, yeah, yeah. keep the conversation with him going. Yeah, and so he's, he's, uh, he's saying, this defeat in our first attempt to go, what is going on? This is, prayer is filled with desperation and perplexity because he doesn't understand yeah. what's happening, right? You want to read the prayer 7 to 9, verses yeah, 7 to 9, chapter 7, verses 10. And Joshua said, Sovereign Lord, why did you ever bring this people across the Jordan to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side of the Jordan. This, here you realize how desperate he is. They, they crossed the Jordan because God said to do yes. so, but he's like, maybe we should have done something different you know, he's in a bargaining stage yes. here. Maybe we should have stayed on the other side. Maybe we, you know, all these things that we all go through sometimes. We all go through. The the Israelites did it. Maybe we should have gone back to Egypt. Yes. Here Joshua is doing why we should have gone back to the desert. I'm sure that some of us are looking at this situation and thought, I oh, wish I could go back. Yeah, go many of us do that. Many yeah. of us, uh, on my way over here to record, I was listening to a sermon on on 
how how often we do that or or we don't get content in a particular situation and then we're like oh maybe we should have done this yes, you know, that, yes. that. and God is saying go, go go forward you know in this case he's going to reveal why this happened we idealize the past yeah. because we've taken the future into our own hands yeah, exactly. and we didn't trust God's way for it and and I love the second part of the prayer on verse 9 that it's God's name and God's honor that is really on the line here he says Joshua says for the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of it yes. and they will surround us and cut off your name from the earth uh, and what uh, cuff, uh, cut off our name from the earth and what will you do for your great name similar to the conversation that Moses had with God this interceding on behalf like like your name is at stake uh, yeah. here and it is a stake yeah. because the, see all what we don't understand here in our culture is that all this time in history where everybody was you know warring with everybody and battles here and there yeah they would bring their gods to battle and whoever won their god was, was supposed to be superior so Joshua's saying what's going to happen to your name and everybody knows we come in your name imagine how how to the impression of the other nations how unreliable then their god may have seemed because they had a huge victory and yeah. then they had such a what seemed like an easy defeat but yes. they weren't po- yes. it was impossible for them yeah. and god reveals to joshua what was the reason why he could not be with them and on verse 11 he says there's something that you don't know that you have to know uh, so let's read verses 10 and 11 together The Lord said to Joshua, Stand up. What are you doing down on your face? Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen. They have lied. They have put them with their own possessions. Yeah, so he reveals them what had happened. And as a matter of fact, he he said to them that they are now a curse. On verse 12, I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy the things under the ban from your midst. In my translation, it says, destroy whatever among you is devoted to destruction. Something is harboring destruction. And I think we do that sometimes in our lives. We're concealing this thing that is destroying us, but we're valuing it above Uh, the plans that God has for uh, us. Absolutely. And, and, you know, it's very interesting because God reveals the reason and he says, I cannot be with you if you're in open rebellion. Yes. If this is a breach of the covenant that he has with with them. And that's the big, that's the big thing, this covenant that God is proving his love for them. Yes. And I, I think it's important, and I think it's a, it's a good point here, is that what is the place of obedience, mm. you know, in this? Because some people that are legalistic in their thinking, they're saying, okay, they had to obey in order yes. to have victories. Yes. But the truth is that it's backwards. Yes. God said, I will always be with you. I will give you the land. I will give you all the victors. I'm doing everything yes. for you. Your place will be to to show loyalty and allegiance to me because you're in covenant with me. It's not that you're going to have victory because you are exactly. obedient. Exactly. It's because I have given you the victory that you're going to be loyal. You and can't help but obey because he's made such provisions. Yes. And and we're talking about open rebellion. We're not talking about, okay, I have this defect of character. God is going to help me with that or whatever. Perfection is not what takes us to salvation. Never. But open rebellion, God will not ignore so I think it's an, an important thing to, you know, in the case of David, remember with Bathsheba, yes, yes. sins that were openly rebelling against the covenant of God. 
And as we're going to discover here, openly rebelling, but also concealed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so uh, eventually they do this lots that, that God says to do. And he reveals the family, the tribe, the family, mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it falls on this man. His name was Achan. Achan. Who had actually concealed everything under his tent. He had buried it under yes. his tent. Yes. And eventually confesses. When and it's, it's true. It's true. Yeah. But it's already too late. Yeah, because, because yeah, because he didn't confess. Yes. Uh, he only said, yeah, yeah, when, when they found everything. You're not lying. Yeah. You're not and lying. And it's interesting because he, he says his process. He says, mm-hmm. I saw, verse 21, I saw among the spoils a beautiful mantle and, and this and that, and I coveted these things and I had to have them. And so he will be destroyed, him yes. and his family yes. and all these things. Um, and uh, eventually, after that, God gives them a victory over the same city that they had had the defeat. Exactly, in. because now he's involved. He's involved in the military plan and how this is going to be successful. Yeah, and I want to say this. Uh, the grace of God is so great that it works like a GPS. If we have taken a detour and we go back to him, he recalculates our lives and brings us to uh, to the place where we were supposed to be. Absolutely. Who hasn't taken a wrong turn, yeah. both driving and in the in the decisions that they're making for <laughs> yeah. themselves? We all take detours, yeah. and God's grace covers it. The issue is if you say, no, I want to stay in this yes. detour, yes. And, and God will actually honor your wishes mm-hmm. <laughs> in that sense. We keep harboring covet <laughs> yes. or these possessions, yeah. and then we don't have room for that covenant relationship with God. Yeah, exactly. And and there's a point, a theological point. There's two or three points I want to make as we finish. Um, this was going to be God's battle. It was not going to be their strength. That's why they failed in their own yes. strength, right? Yes. But God does not ignore open rebellion, but uh, gives enough grace so that if you decide to confess your rebellion, he will cover it. Yes. Right? Yes. He, is, he covers our sin instead <laughs> yes. of us covering, covering our sin. Exactly. And so the theological point we want to leave with you is there's a big difference between sins being covered by God versus us covering our own sins. Because that's, that's just a holy patchwork quilt where we look terrible. Exactly. And so uh, the book of Romans, I want to finish there. There's a beautiful saying here from David who had quite a bit of sins, you know. Yes, well accounted are David's (laughs) mistakes. And he came to know the blessing of sins being covered versus covering our sins. Yes. In chapter 4 of Romans, verses 7 and 8, let's read it. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will never count against him. Yeah, so th- this is the, the, the difference, is, is the difference between covering your sins mm-hmm. or your sins being covered. Mm-hmm. So we want to invite you today to go with God's way, God's plan. And His grace is more than sufficient because where sin abounded, grace abounded even more. So what do you say? Let Him cover your sins. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101.tv. That's Jesus101.tv. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Jesus101institute and follow us on Twitter at Jesus101media. Until next time, live free. Woohoo!